Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. The NFL playoffs right around the corner and the NBA season in full swing. Bet Online has you covered with all of the up-to-date second odds, news, and scores. With additional odds, lines, trends, and info on both desktop and mobile, you can access the world's best wagering information anytime. Head there today and get in on the action to see all the updated odds. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. All right, folks, this is Jeremy Evans, your host of the California Sports Lawyer podcast. Where we talk about entertainment, media, and sports law topics. This is episode three of season six. And um, glad that you are with us. We're going to be talking about advertising and paywalls and antitrust law and mergers and acquisitions and artificial intelligence with intellectual property, all sort of in the same podcast today. And uh, don't worry, it all makes sense by the end, uh, or hopefully sooner than that. But um, I think the idea here is is that we're trying to find a common denominator with sort of the growth of uh, content in Hollywood and uh, entertainment in general, and of course, uh, the sports business. So um, any sort of streaming to do with sports or linear television or that sort of thing. So there was a few things that happened um, over the weekend that I think are uh, interesting and to note, right? The big one was that the uh, Kansas City Chiefs and Miami Dolphins game was exclusively streamed on Peacock, which is owned by NV- NBC Universal Comcast. Uh, and if that's not a merger name, I don't know what is, but I think we're starting to see a lot more of that, right? With like Warner Brothers Discovery, you're just starting to see more names in the in the titles of businesses. It's almost becoming like law firm names, but uh, where you have you know three, four, five, six names in the title. But you know that's what happens when you have you know brands that are that are you know um, big parts of the whole, right? And sort of so Peacock has essentially you know, stream this match uh, between the Dolphins and the Chiefs. And there was people who were upset about it because it wasn't, you know, sort of available on linear television. And there were some people that went as far as saying, you know, it was a travesty and this should be illegal and and all that. Well, I think there's a reason for why this is happening. And this is kind of what I want to break down uh, today on this podcast. So I think the question to be asking, at least to beginning in the beginning, is what do sort of advertisements and streaming you know, paywalls like the Peacock example, mergers and acquisitions throughout the entertainment media sports business, antitrust laws, which continues to be an issue in terms of anti-competitive activity, uh, and artificial intelligence with regard to intellectual property. And and I think the question to ask is, what do they all have in common? I think the common denominator for all of these is that they mark pain points, for example, in business 
for growth into entertainment media and sports content on both streaming platforms and linear television or uh, linear cable stations. So I think as people are trying to enjoy content, um, you have to sort of keep this in mind as to why all these changes are happening. And, you know, ultimately the reality is, is that uh, it comes down to money. It comes down to these companies trying to become profitable, but also trying to meet the consumer where they're at, right? And those things can sometimes be in the same boat, and then sometimes they can be mutually exclusive. So I think it just depends on sort of where the company is at and where the consumer is at. But I think ultimately, all of these changes in advertisement and paywalls and mergers and antitrust laws and AI and intellectual property are all leading to substantial changes in how you view and consume content. So let me give some examples of this. Amazon, for example, sent out a notification to um, its users. You may have gotten an email or something like that because they're required to do this. Sent out an email that basically gives you an update to their terms and conditions, right? And one of the updates that they recently sent said that they're going to begin to have advertisements on the Prime Video platform. This is something that has not been done on Amazon. Now, if you watch Freevee, for example, you can watch movies, television shows with commercials added in. But generally, the Amazon Prime Video platform is commercial free. And of course, Netflix had been this way for years, right? They started out as a non-advertisement platform. There was no advertisements at all. And now you can get two different, three, even three different versions. You can get one that's sort of premium with the 4K and, you know, ultra high definition television. Uh, you can get one that is a little less lower than that, but is not the sort of 4K. And then sort of you have this ad tier, right? And the whole point is to become profitable. You know, when these companies began these streaming opportunities, they did them as investments. And they said, let's invest into this because this is the future. This is where people are watching content. But let's be cognizant of the fact that we eventually need to make a profit, right? So Amazon could subsidize its prime video endeavors through e-commerce. It's a huge e-commerce business, so we could do that. But ultimately, over time, stockholders, you know, it's a, it's a public company, are going to want to know, even for a non-public company, the investors are going to want to know, hey, when do I get my money back? What's the turn, you know, return on investment, this sort of thing. So Amazon's introduced um, advertisements. It'll probably be later this month, I think. Uh, and you can pay, I think, $3 more to get uh, the non-ad uh, sort of version. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. So either way, Amazon's going to make money. They're going to make money from the advertisement dollars that they get from companies that want to advertise on the platform, which is going to be substantial. Or they'll get $3 per customer. Um, in terms of uh, folks want to pay the little extra. And with well over, I think, 200 subscribers, um, clearly they're going to make some money on this, right? The question is whether the consumers will pay it or whether they'll just sort of watch the advertisements and get back to being used to watching advertisements. You know, I remember, you know, growing up, you know, advertisements and commercials were something that were sort of a part of culture, right? And you would talk about the advertisements and became something like a part of pop culture in everyday life. Some of that has gone away, right? Because people have gotten used to not having commercials. 
but the question will be whether they're willing to pay the freight. Um, and of course, you know, like I said, the e-commerce business can only float the other business for so long. And, and ultimately, I mean, there's been talk in the press about uh, some of these streamers and studios laying off people and some of the changes that are coming. So uh, clearly there's going to be some cutbacks and some changes as to what this is going to, what this is going to look like. Um, but ultimately the point being is, is that despite an initial investment, uh, unsurprisingly owners want to see profitability and that's why you're going to see changes to Amazon. Now, as we talked about in the beginning of this podcast, uh, despite sort of much of the chagrin of people, you know, being upset about this sort of NBC universal, uh, Comcast, Peacock, um, um, streaming of the Dolphins and Chiefs game uh, on Saturday, um, which folks had to watch sort of through a paywall. They had to basically download the app or get the app in, in some way or some fashion and then um, essentially pay the fee to watch the game. Now, look, this should not come as a huge surprise. Uh, this is similar to HBO hosting a boxing match for a fee to watch and especially for a playoff game. This is probably something we're going to see more of. Um, and of course, look, if you want to watch the game, you're going to have to pay for it. Now, look, there were some people who, again, uh, who made quite a fuss about this. But you have to kind of understand this, too, from the NFL standpoint. The NFL is going through some major litigation right now with an antitrust problem. And uh, a um, judge currently or recently, uh, I should say, um, is pushing forward and has agreed that uh, the plaintiffs can push forward a case, I should say, uh, about some antitrust issues with the NFL and their NFL Sunday ticket policy, which essentially says that they're allowed, their policy says that they can black out games if there's not a certain amount of people or that are going to tune in, or if there's another game that's sort of, you know, um, going to have more um, viewership on it because the advertising is better there. Well, there's a challenge to this, and folks are saying, you know, enough is enough, and uh, the NFL cannot run a monopoly like this and say you can't watch certain games because you live in a certain area, right? And this is sort of collusion and this sort of thing. Well, which is, of course, all under the guise of antitrust law uh, and, and the violations of that law So, and the Sherman Antitrust Act. And so when you look at the NFL and you say, okay, well – if they can sell these games and sort of move away from NFL Sunday ticket and move more towards, let's say a streamer hosts the game. So it's sort of the divide and conquer mentality of let's take our copyright, which is owning, you know, the actual games and the, the, the right to broadcast those copyright, right. To broadcast those, uh, and to sort of have that and say, okay, well let's divide it up. Let's sell this to Peacock ESPN. Let's have it on ABC which is, of course, both owned by Disney. Let's have it on Fox. You know, let's have it on this streamer, this streamer, what have you. Let's have it on Max and Warner Brothers Discovery. And, of course, you make more money that way, you know, potentially. And, of course, that's what the NFL has done. And so, in some ways, it also takes it out of their hands because they're no longer responsible. They're just selling a copyright that they own, which is their right under the law to sell it, and they're having another person distribute it. So it's up to them how they want to sort of, uh, you know, distribute that game and how much they want to charge. The problem is, is that the NFL, if it continues to do this, might have a consumption problem because then you're going to have the games appearing on too many different platforms 
And as opposed to, you know, where it used to be that if you wanted to watch AFC games, you know, that would be on, you know, CBS channel two. If you wanted to watch NFC games, you know, you had to watch it on Fox, right? That was generally the sort of way it went. And then you had one nighttime game on television. That's still somewhat true, except that certain playoff games and other sort of games you have to find on different platforms. So the sort of fractionalization of watching could become a problem, but it does help the NFL uh, from a legal standpoint. And frankly, they make more money from it. So again, I think this is something that the NFL looks at this and they say, hey, well, we'll get paid through the copyright uh, and selling that copyright to, uh, or licensing that copyright, I should say, to let's say a Peacock, they stream it. The money we get paid trickles down to teams and the players. Peacock gets paid because people are paying for its service, but also the advertising dollars that come in. And then, of course, that trickles down to the players and the teams and everything else, right? So it's, again, I think it helps the NFL, but we'll sort of see if this is something, this might be a wave of the future, particularly for playoff games. Uh, there's even talk about maybe making the Super Bowl this way to where you have to pay like a pay-per-view fee to watch the Super Bowl. Um, and of course, with the NFL leading again in viewership by a wide margin, Hollywood Reporter ran an article recently talking about the top 100 broadcast, and the NFL had well over majority of those broadcast. And frankly, I think the top 10 were all the NFL. Might have been one or two exceptions. So it's, again, this sort of divide and conquer strategy, sell to more platforms, get it out there, but they continue to um, make money and they continue to drive up the price of content, uh, which of course is proven by the resurgence of Monday night football. Uh, it also helps that Troy Aikman um, as a sort of talent, Joe Buck as talent move over to mergers and acquisitions and the use of artificial intelligence. You might be thinking, well, how does this play into this? Well, look, mergers and acquisitions have clearly been the way that companies in Hollywood and in sports which sometimes are frankly the same company. They're just housed in different divisions. Um, you know, you have a situation where they're looking to exploit content. They're looking to find new ways to reach uh, customers. And the way they do that is through mergers and acquisitions. This is why Paramount was considering a sale to Warner Brothers Discovery. Their platform is struggling and they need more people. And so uh, they want to sort of find a way to get that content. And of course, um, companies like Warner Brothers Discovery want more content. So we'll see how this plays out. This is why Amazon purchased MGM and got their content. So it's very, very interesting how this is going to play. But of course, profit margins uh, are important. Um, and of course, mergers help with that, right? Because it increases profit margins, but obviously with profit margins, you sometimes lose employees, Um and uh, it creates other issues. And so the point being here is, is that mergers can only go long for so long until they, I mean, they have to be profitable to make them make sense, right? And ultimately, if they're not profitable, uh, it's going to be either sort of the cutting of employees, the cutting of certain platforms, where eventually you're going to have, you know, fewer options, right? Which is sort of the, the run of things until some new technology gets introduced. And then there's another run on technology and advancement and growth. And that's sort of the hope, right? Is that there's always competition there, always changing. Now, of course, mergers are always subject to antitrust approval, which is never a pleasant situation. And a lot of companies spend 
you know, multi-millions of dollars in terms of legal fees and um, processing fees to get these things approved, right? And of course, if you're not one of the top three, a Netflix and Amazon or a Disney Plus or even a Max uh, through Warner Brothers Discovery, you're going to have a tough time competing, right? And of course, where artificial intelligence plays in this, or AI for short, um, look, it might be a way to create new content, but of course, you're going to have limitations on that from both WGA and SAG-AFTRA and the deals that they brokered. And of course, AI is also going to be limited by intellectual property protections, which we talked about last week. So although AI might be useful and potentially less expensive to sort of create content or help with content, I think under the current system, it's mostly going to be used, particularly in entertainment and sports, is that it's going to be used to uh, help with the margins, help with growth in certain ways, but it's not going to take over because there's rules in place that would prevent that. You know, again, for the, for the most part, you know, people want to see um, athletes compete on the field. They don't want to see uh, generative AI compete, right? Maybe that changes in the future, but at least currently or some circumstance changes that, but at least now. So again, there's limitations to this, right? So they can introduce it as a tool. And I think overall, the common denominator, you know, when you're talking about streaming and paywalls and mergers and acquisitions and antitrust law and artificial intelligence and intellectual property is all of this point that it's the idea of how to make money and how to make streamers more profitable. And ultimately, it's going to come to a point, as again, as I mentioned, some of these streamers are just not going to survive. And there's going to be other ways to sort of um, move things forward. But I think the Peacock example of having uh, streaming and for one particular game is probably here to stay. And you're probably going to see more of that, particularly for playoff games or highly anticipated games. And frankly, this is something that all sports could should consider because, for example, if you're a baseball fan, and of course in baseball, there's a lot of regional networks, or at least there was. And so it would be nice as a fan uh, if you could go online and pay to watch a certain game. Say you wanted, you wanted to watch one game a week you know, for your favorite team. And if you go online and pay a fee to watch that, you probably would do it, right? Because maybe you don't have time to watch the full package. It'd be no different than uh, wanting to be a, a season ticket holder versus not. You know, maybe you don't have the time to be a season ticket holder, but you have the time to watch a couple games a week or one game a week. So I think this is where things are possibly headed. And of course, look, at the end of the day, Hollywood and sports, they need each other to survive and thrive. Um, I think they're going to continue to look for ways to improve the bottom line. Advertisements are going to continue to grow and play a major role in distribution and viewing of entertainment media and sports content. Advertisements have always been a big player, and they're going to continue to push into streaming. There was this sort of period of time, what do you want to call it, the golden era or whatnot, where content seemed to be less expensive to watch, and you had a lot more of it, and it was easier to navigate. Some of that is going to change with fractionalization, unless that's compensated by less streaming platforms. And of course, you're probably going to see a lot more advertisements in the content that you watch. Uh, unless you're willing to pay a premium, which of course is a benefit that was not available, you know, in the past. Um, now there was obviously when you're talking about like DVRs and recorded TV, and you could fast forward. Streaming is essentially that, uh, you know, it's 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 DVR on steroids, right? Because you're able to 
uh, take content and completely eliminate um, advertisements and just watch the content. And this is sort of where you get into binge watching television. And of course, now the streamers have combated that by releasing certain shows uh, in um, a delayed fashion. So here's three episodes, wait a week, here's three more uh, episode every week, similar to where you, you might watch it on linear television. Now, the other key component to this, I think, is social media, because social media continues to play a major role, especially TikTok and 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 with X as well and with uh, Instagram and with Facebook in terms of the way people consume content. So, you know, even as a sports fan, you might not watch every match, but you'll go check the scores and you'll go check the scores online and you'll maybe check social media or you'll text with your friends whatever, those types of things. And so look for continued monetization in those uh, platforms, social media, text groups, things like that. Of course, a lot of privacy issues there, but um, this is, I think, where things are headed because the sort of newer generations and upcoming generations and even the older generations, I think, have lost some patience and they they clearly want to have content now. They want to have it when they want it and they want to have it quickly. And it doesn't, it's sort of no delay to it. And so I think you're going to look at, you're going to see sort of these big Hollywood and sports players looking for ways to reach consumers in that way. So it's sort of quicker, um, that sort of thing. Now, of course, with anything, you if you add exclusivity and you make something, you know, uh, more exclusive, clearly that can drive up the price and drive up the interest. But um, again, I think the overall thought is, is that, there's something to be said about um, a sort of uh, a lessening of patience uh, with the current generation and, and, and really with all sort of current, um, you know, age groups. I think uh, streaming and the availability of technology has really sort of lessened uh, our ability to be patient with things, which, of course, affects the way we consume and affects the way that companies offer uh, those consumption opportunities. But uh, again, folks, this is Jeremy Evans, your host of the California Sports Lawyer Podcast. As always, appreciate you listening in and making us the top-rated entertainment media sports law podcast in the world. Look forward to being back with you next week. This episode has been brought to you by Bet Online. Thank you again.